0: you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Hump Day hits with more drama in the NBA because that's what the NBA is so great at. We're going to get into that. We got football to talk about in this hour. If you're a Longhorn football fan, we got a dose of Kool-Aid for you and we got a dose of truth for you. Or maybe as Rod Babers would say it, we got a dose of Kool-Aid and a dose of Flavor-Aid all in the same hour it's gonna be fun Chad and Zay with you I'm Chad Hastings and he is Isaiah Collier what's up Zay what up y'all happy Wednesday everybody how you doing Chad oh I am doing well I would be doing a little bit better if I knew Draymond Green was playing tomorrow night yeah we're gonna get into this story so So, so before we get into the
1: story yeah what I found out for our guy Dave Williams, uh-huh. they are building a pickleball slash basketball court right outside the building. Yes. In that empty lot back there where we used to keep the vans.
0: Yeah, I was gonna tell you that and I hadn't because I didn't know it was presented to me exactly that way. Pickleball, basketball, and I thought, okay, sometimes when those two when ideas get combined like that, one of them kind of gets forgotten you know, when right. I'm, I'm kind of gets messed with. So I wonder how much it's going to be truly pickleball basketball. Cause this pickleball thing's taken over like, it is. like crazy. Uh, I don't know how much basketball there's going to be. So are you excited? You're going to be getting, uh, Getting some folks out there? You can be backing Bucky Godbolt down on the basketball court? Oh, I'm hype about it. Anybody that I have a problem with here, we're playing one-on-one. You're going one on Yeah, and I'm going Draymond
1: Green on you. <laughs> but it's going to be a little more legal than what Draymond be doing. You going, know what I'm saying? The Zay stomp? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not much of a stomp. Maybe, you know, a little elbow action. Just legal stuff. You'll just stomp them with the scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, we may have that coming pretty quick uh, around here. If you have thoughts on Draymond or anything else today, remember Specs Text Line 337-3776. You are a huge part of the show. You add a lot to our shows, and depending on the show... You can become the show. You know, a lot of times our guys will get pretty fired up. Heck, we'll get pretty fired up about the text line sometimes if you text the right thing. So let us know what you're thinking today on this Draymond Green thing as we get into it here. He has been suspended for Game 3 tomorrow night. I'll read a little bit of Joe Dumars and we'll get into it. Joe, the former Piston, this is how old we all are if you're like me and you're in your late 40s or, or older. Yeah, we all now have to deal with Joe Dumars in the office, executive vice president. Yeah. And head of basketball ops in the NBA. Which
1: is him doing this is might be one of the most ironic things yes. in the history of the league.
0: One of the bad boys is doing this to Draymond Green. Now,
1: he-, he was one of the bad boys, but for to be like a good guy with one of the bad boys, mm-hmm. he was quiet. He was tough. He wasn't really, right. he wasn't wilding like everybody else. It was just a part of the crew.
0: He was, like, a nice member of the Suicide Squad? Yeah. Right. You, know, okay. you know
1: that person in the crew that's always smart and that has to, like, get, get them out of just, like, you know, when they're in trouble, you have to get them out without using the muscle. You have to use the brain. That's Joe Dumas. That's the Joe Dumas. That's okay. the Joe Dumas. That's where it comes the
0: play. I got you. Uh, so it's like the computer folks in Fast and Furious. Exactly. Right? You got You got, D, you got Vin and The Rock and Tyrese. But then you got Ludacris and that hot woman to get him out of it. Exactly. God, I don't know what that actress's name is. She's beautiful, though. Ramsey? Ramsey is the character's name. So you got Ludacris and Ramsey to get him out of trouble uh, with, the, with the smarts. I get you. So Joe Dumars says, among other things, quote, here's what it came down to. Excessive and over-the-top actions, conduct detrimental, and a repeat offender. That's what separates this when you end up with a suspension. So, Zay, deep down, I think you and I both would agree, we want him to play tomorrow night. We said it yesterday, we would hope there's not a suspension. Now there is. Do you understand why?
1: Yeah, I understand why. I wouldn't have done it. I would have allowed them to play in Game 3. You asked me yesterday, would there be a suspension? And I was like, nah, you can't suspend them. They're already down 2-0. They got their ass whooping Sacramento. They lost him for that game. He was a big reason why they lost because it was 91-87, seven minutes to go, and then he got kicked out. There was time served. Exactly. That should be punishment enough. But they're not looking at it that way. And I get it. You know, Draymond, people think just the previous stuff that he's done in the past with the kicking and the elbowing, just wilding out Draymond stuff. We mentioned yesterday, 2016 with LeBron. And it's not just that. Like, you can't egg on the crowd after you do something dirty like what you did to Sabonis. You know, he has a sternum contusion, and that's a huge part of the reason why he's not playing in Game 3, too. Because Sabonis... Is hurt now.
0: Dumars was asked about both of those things. Did the did the way he acted around the crowd, did that have anything to do with it? He said, yeah, that probably did, factored in. And then does the injury for Sabonis factor in? He said, yeah, it does.
1: That's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to look at. Yeah.
0: That, that. I mean, in a way, that is logical. So let us know if you think that the repeat offender thing here should be utilized. In his history now, it's 163 technical fouls, 17 ejections, and now it's four suspensions. So it was just three going into you know last night or whatever, and they say that plays a role. Do you believe that should play a role? So they always think about when I, when I was thinking about this today. I've been on a jury one time my whole life, jury duty, and it was a DWI case, but it was the dude's like fourth or fifth DWI. That factored in. Yeah, you could just say, well, no, no, you got to look at just the face of what this particular thing is. Well, no, in this case. The 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 fact you know and then later on once we made our decision and the judge came in to talk to us about it that's where he discussed he goes yeah he goes I, I, you know we've got to present it as you know on its face as we can and we can't try to influence you guys but to me I was really concerned about this one because it's that fourth or fifth whatever the number was so in this case does that matter to all of you as sports fans as NBA fans uh, do you think that his reputation? Dr- Draymond Green's reputation kind of deserves what he got here. That's what I'm trying to figure out today.
1: Yeah, I him not being apologetic that hurts him. Yep, because he could have easily came to the podium, and said, "Yeah, I messed up. I cost my team." He didn't say that. He blamed Sabonis and said, "Where am I supposed to put my foot?" Yeah, no contrition. You're Own right. Up! You're right. Own up. No, like let's let's look at the bigger picture here. Because you're on the cusp. Obviously, he's thinking that, oh, they ain't going to touch me. Ain't no way the NBA going to do anything to me. I'm good for game three. Because, well, maybe not. Maybe he is just dumb and doesn't give a damn. I don't know. A little bit uh, of both. Yeah, probably a little bit of (laughs) both. But any sane human in that situation, knowing how big you are to your team, in that situation, I'm not going to go to the crowd and call them the P word. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, P-bomb, yeah. Like, that's the camera caught all of that. That looked terrible. Then yeah. you're doing the, who did this back in wrestling? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, exactly. Made, it most Made famous, the most famous, yeah. Hulk Hogan, uh, like, you know, holler if you hear me. Hand, ear, to, the hand to the ear. Hand to the ear. Yeah. yeah, did all that. That's messy, bruh. S- settle down. Calm down. You don't need to do all that because it shows a lot of ignorance.
0: Yeah, the other thing, Zay, it wasn't just the camera that caught all that. Somebody texted us here on the Specs text line. A reminder, the leak kind of had to do it partially maybe because Adam Silver was in attendance that night oh, that Draymond was I heckling the crowd and standing on the chairs yelling so let's take that into account Adam Silver was in attendance and they asked Joe Dumars if that mattered at all and let me make sure i get this quote exactly right asked about um yeah asked about whether that played into it he said uh, I believe it was – what did it say? Oh, yeah, there it is. That was some extra on to it and that he didn't need to do. Not helpful. I mean, that's it. I think if Draymond would have stomped Sabonis,
1: went to the bench, chilled, mm-hmm. waited for the refs to figure it all out, get booted, just run to the locker room, don't say nothing while you're running. Right. Because he did this last year. You remember uh, against the Grizzlies he did some dirty stuff, and they kicked him out. And he was doing the Hulk Hogan, and yep. looking at the crowd, and trying to big them up and get them hyping stuff. It's just, it's extra. It's way too extra. I didn't even know the commish was there. That looks terrible. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize that until came last night or this morning. I was hearing the discussion. It's like, well, Adam Silver was there. I was like, oh, that's not good. Adam Silver was there. Somebody texted us just the words he deserves it. Somebody else texted NBA, not basketball anymore. And then uh, somebody says, says uh, after the fifth DWI, I think the solution is to amputate the right foot. You can't drive without that right foot. Well, that's a whole other discussion for the uh, DWI. But, yes, in this case, the right foot gets him the suspension. Uh, this says, did y'all see Steph's face when Draymond got ejected? Yeah, he's done with it. I did not see that.
1: I mean, you're hearing rumors about him not being there next year, talking about the Lakers. want I want I to take him. I would take, if I'm the Lakers, he doesn't fit with what the Lakers are doing. The Lakers look good right now. And the West, it's wide open still. I know the Nuggets looked good the other night uh, in their blowout win against the uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, but still, it's wide open. And, Yeah, Draymond Green. It's unfortunate. The Ignit fan in me loves it. I love what Draymond, not the stomping stuff, but all the crazy looking in the crowd and stuff. Oh, that's beautiful TV.
0: Because like we've said, right, it makes good drama and it makes a good villain. Yeah. That's what he is. But the thing that that I, you know, the the big part of the discussion for me now is if you're going to say past actions matter, then what they're not taking into account is everything that Sabonis has done in this series so far to upset them. Now, I think that may be the right way to look at it, because you can't just go on what might have been. But I do wonder, could Dumars go back and look at some of the footage we've seen from early in this series, where Sabonis pulled Draymond on top of him, then when Draymond tried to get up to end of game one, if I'm not mistaken, and he literally bear-hugged him. Nobody called anything. There was an incident with Clay Thompson where something went down with Sabonis, and they didn't call anything. So, but... If they don't call anything, are you allowed to really go back to that video and say, well, look at here? Because he's kind of on that – he's at that dirty, you know, on that dirty boundary line between, you know, crafty and dirty. And there's a lot of guys through the years that have done that. But the most disappointing thing to me, Zay, I heard the afternoon guys point this out. I think it was maybe Patrick Davis that said this. I think he's dead on. It's disappointing because of how old Draymond is. As you as you mature in basketball, you're supposed to do that to the guy, young guys. You're supposed to be the wily veteran that knows how to get away with it, and we go back and watch the video and go, oh, look at that, Draymond's pulling the jersey. That's brilliant. I hate it in a way, but that's brilliant. That's what I thought about John Stockton, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, a lot of guys through that, Bruce Bowen, all these different guys, right, that we'd watch and go, man, that's I can't believe he didn't get caught with that. But instead, Draymond's letting these young kids do it to him in the biggest moment and with it all put together. I mean, he, you know, as much as I want him to play tomorrow night, he did this to himself.
1: With how much he's a part of media now with Turner and TNT and him doing his own podcast, he's always out there. And then he goes out and plays. Then he'll come back and he'll talk about other series and stuff. And it's like he's trying to be this character You know, and he has a spot after basketball. We know that. Like, he's going to be on TV. He's going to be in front of the camera. He's very much like Charles Barkley in that way. I think when Charles leaves, Draymond's going to step right into that role and do a pretty good job, even though Charles is his own guy. But I, yeah, I I agree. Just he's too grown for this stuff. It's embarrassing. And, you know, with a team that's down – 0-2, O two, 2 going back home, I don't know where Sabonis is going to be with the sternum contusion. They yeah. say he's questionable. I feel like he's going to play, but you go down 3-0, this ain't baseball. You can't come back from that. Not Nobody's it. ever done it. Yeah. No matter who's hurt or who comes back, nobody's ever done it. Now, if a team were to do it, it I would pick this Warriors team just because Steph and Clay, all these guys are incredible, four rings. Like, if any team were to do it, I would say this team would be that. But, yeah, this is a winner-take-all in Game 3, just Statistics show that.
0: Yeah, by the way, if you're, into one of, if you're one of those people that believes that the fix is sometimes in in the NBA, watch for an 18-point Golden State win tomorrow night with like 45 free throws. That's what you're looking for. Ugh. If you really think the fix is in, they'll turn this series back around in that game, and then Draymond will be back for Game 4 to try to even the series up at Golden State. Ugh. So just be on the lookout for that tomorrow night. I can see it happening. Yeah. Specs text line is 337-3776. This one says, wussification of the NBA. So bonus should be suspended also. Plus, who lays on the court and lets somebody stomp you in your home Court. Hey, what? Somebody else says I love it too. No suspension. I mean, if you keep poking the bear and he bites your hand off, what do you expect? All right. So you knew you knew it was there was a bear when you walked into the forest. I guess is what you're saying. Uh, And by the way, right before Sabonis ends up on the floor, he does something dirty to. I think it was Clay Thompson. That's how that whole thing started. It started with him doing something dirty to one of the other Warriors. Then he ends up on the gr- on the ground. And saw the opportunity to grab Draymond's foot, so he did. And ultimately, he got a trade that Sacramento will take. Yo. Because even if he can't play tomorrow night, I think Sacramento will take that. Like 2-0, and Draymond can't play. Yo, this is the
1: defending champs. If you're the Sacramento Kings, you got to show them what's up. We ain't scared. We are here. And if you have to do a little bit of dirty stuff to show that you're here, so be it. It's who who moves on. Yeah. That's just what it's about. I can't really knock Sabonis for doing that. He ain't get caught. Draymond did. Yeah. That's what
0: it is. Somebody texted LOL as a Spurs fan. Bruce Bowen was the best at it. Bruce
1: Bowen <laughs> would kick his leg out and stuff. He was so dirty. He was brilliant you shoot start. a shot. You better look down because Bruce will get right under your foot and hope you twist an ankle.
0: This says Warriors probably can't go small without Draymond. He's what makes the whole death lineup thing run. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see what Steve Kerr does tomorrow night to adjust to this. So if you want to uh, let us know what you think of Draymond getting suspended, give us your thoughts there. We will also get into uh, what's going on in the NBA last night and tonight. Uh, last night you got – Boston, Cleveland, and Phoenix all getting wins. Zay, let's start with the close one because Phoenix and the Clippers entertaining once again. But last night it was the Suns that bounced back. What would you think of that performance from Booker and Durant? (sighs) This dude, Devin
1: Booker, he looked pissed off that he got his shot blocked by Russell Westbrook to end the game. He looked real upset, man. He was hitting those dudes with crazy pull-up jumpers from three, getting into that paint. His, his shot's just beautiful to watch. And when he gets going, again, he's not going to get the number one option because that's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So it's this is easy for him. He's always been that guy that gets the number one defender on him for the last few years, ever since the Suns became championship contenders. So now KD gets that assignment, and we know what he could do. He had a terrific game last night with 25. Chris Paul did his thing, uh, 16 points. His mid-range was going 8 for 14. There's what we talked about, right? Just a little
0: more Chris Paul. You
1: need that from him. You need that from him. and. What they, what I said that they should do, they did last night. They double teamed Kawhi yep. at the right time. I
0: started you right away because it didn't take long it to didn't see take long. it. And they yeah. double
1: teamed him with the right people. It's cool. Russell Westbrook were for twenty eight. Take that. We want that because that means they're not hitting threes from the outside. Mm. If Russell Westbrook is going one-on-one and trying to get to the lane and stuff, then we want all of that because it's out of Kawhi Leonard's hands and they're not creating for the other three-point shooters they got on the squad, Nicholas Batoon, Eric Gordon, Trey Mann, Bones Highland, uh, pal. So, yeah, I-, I loved what Monty Williams did. That's great adjustments heading into Game 3. They needed that game. It was a huge must-win for them, and they look like that team that a lot of people are picking to win the West last night.
0: So, in the end, you think that's the kind of game that Phoenix can live with. They can because li- we talked about not letting Kawhi get all the way to. He got to 38 in game one. It was Booker who got to 38 last night. So they kept him at 31. You mentioned Westbrook's 28. So that's something you feel like they can live with. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and Russell Westbrook, he's gonna take it. He's not one to say, you know what, let me pass the ball around because they're giving me this jumper and see if we can find a better shot. No, Russell Westbrook thinks he is the best shot. Mm -hmm. So you got to use that to your advantage. And sometimes he might have 28, but that's not what the Clippers want to do. They want to give the ball to Kawhi Leonard who could – It's a three-level score. He could get buckets in the paint, mid-range, and three. We've seen that already in this series. And when Kawhi gets double-teamed, he wants to throw it out to all the shooters they got around him. Clippers are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Russell Westbrook now being on the squad. If he's out there, make him beat you. And I think the Suns did that last night.
0: All right, we'll talk more NBA as we roll on. Let us know what you thought about last night, the Draymond situation as well. Specs text line 337-3776. A lot of good text already rolling in. We'll also get to some good college football talk today. If you haven't seen the ESPN FPI article Oh, Longhorn fans, the FBI is loving on you again. We'll get you to Kool-Aid first, and then in the crab bag, I'll throw some truth at you just to make sure we balance things out for the 2023 season. At 105, we'll get back into the spring game breakdown. Justin Wells of Inside Texas will let us know what he saw in the spring game, what he liked, maybe what he didn't like, and uh, we'll talk about the Longhorns and that transfer portal get in Trill Carter from Minnesota. All that is coming up. Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. This is The Horn. Day. know this but I'm not coming up with it I I felt like you should too what's the title right there the life of illusion yes man I did not know uh doobie brothers I don't know Joe Walsh Joe my bad Joe Legendary Eagle, Joe Walsh. Nice solo career, but not a track I'm familiar with. My bad on uh, on that one, Joe. I hear it now. I can hear it. Yeah. I knew I knew the voice. That <laughs> gummit, Joe. All right, Joe Walsh getting us started. There is some good solo stuff there if you want to check him out. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Wednesday. A lot of good text rolling in on the Specs text line. We'll check those in a second after we thank... The 883 subscribers now on our YouTube page. Remember, if you want to don't want to miss anything, go and subscribe to the YouTube page there at The Horn Austin on YouTube. A lot of videos up there for you, uh, including some of the stuff that uh, our man Jacob threw up this week for uh, a lot of the shows, talking about the spring game, that golf tour of Central Texas hitting Onion Creek, and coming up, how about this for an idea, we're going to invite you, the listeners... To shoot questions, comments, and concerns to our Twitter page, and then we're going to answer them on YouTube. We're going to pick our favorites, and you're going to he- and you're going to have the guys answering it on YouTube. So if there's something you've wanted to, you know, confront me or Zay with a question you've always wanted to ask, you can throw it at- to the Twitter page at the Horn ATX and go hashtag QCC questions, comments, concerns. And then you know we'll uh, we'll try to answer them for you. I'll answer anything. How about that? And be careful when you say anything. Anything. These people will go crazy. Oh, I don't gotta be the truth. With that anything, that's that's fair. <laughs> Good point. Good point. We could uh, we could always go with a bit. Yeah. Eight hundred eighty three. Let's get it to nine hundred today if we can. We do appreciate all those subscribers. All right. So. We will get into some college football discussion right after I read you these two texts here on the Specs text line. This says, hey, also, can we talk about the Cavs? Another team going under the radar. Garland looked ridiculous. Jarrett Allen also looking dominant on both sides. Real quick, Zay, what would you think of Cleveland last night?
1: Darius Garland, he was already hitting threes out like crazy in that first half. 26 points for his 32 total. And there was one play, got the ball for a defensive rebound, and it was one of the fastest step back between the leg moves I've seen. Like, he is so quick into his jumper. His jumper's so smooth. And, yeah, coming out of high school, he was a five-star recruit, top ten player, and he's from Nashville, so he went to Vanderbilt. So Mm -hmm. That was odd. For a basketball player, that's really odd. But he's so loyal to that city, and you didn't really get to see him in college because he got hurt kind of like Kyrie Irving did. Mm -hmm. But he got drafted high, so everybody had their questions, and they had Colin Sexton there, who they ended up trading because they believed so much in Garland. Well... I love him and Donovan Mitchell together because after Donovan Mitchell dropped 38 in game one, now the Knicks were like, okay, we can't let him do that again. And he ended up having 17 with 13 assists. So Donovan Mitchell was still locked in, but he was creating for other guys. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, they finally started using – Reggie Miller kept saying twin towers. That's very accurate because those guys, when they want to be defensive forces, like Evan Mobley, he got third in defensive player of the year behind Jared Allen and I don't know who else. But still, him making life hard for Julius Randle. Julius Randle only had – what – It's 22 points, but it was a tough 8 for 20. That's a tough 22. Yep. And they made life very rough for him, and they made life hard for him on the offensive end. They made him guard, and that's what you got to do. If the Cavs want to win this series, they got to make Julius Randle play on both sides so he's a little fatigued, especially when game five and game six coming around. Got to keep attacking them on the offensive end. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley did a good job at that, and then Karis LeVert coming off the bench. He's key for the calf success too. He could really get buckets, his defense. that could just be a little, you know, a little whack.
0: Yeah, they make oh, it's hard
1: to play him when his defense is terrible and he's not making shots. But when he is making shots, you it's cool for him getting twenty and giving up fifteen.
0: Yeah, they made Jalen Brunson get a hard working twenty as it's well. It's tough. They put him to work R.J. Barrett, got to be better, Dookie. Yeah, 32 last night for Garland. So Cleveland evens that series up. Feels like that series and the Phoenix Clippers series could really go a long way. You said that was your favorite. Cleveland and the Knicks was going to be your favorite series. You thought it could go seven. It's had that feel so far. That was an easy 107-90 win for Cleveland last night. Now,
1: Jared Allen, I love you. What you did to Julius Randle, that was dirty. And Jared Allen, being a good guy, not going in the crowd yelling and doing uh-huh. all this stuff off the court, not having his own podcast, <laughs> giving his own opinion right. on other people and hating and stuff like that. He's not getting suspended. He didn't get a call for that, really.
0: Nothing yeah. really happened.
1: Yeah. They're just on to the next game because Jared Allen is classy. Draymond Green. That's why he got suspended.
0: Not so much. All right, so we'll definitely be talking NBA today. Phoenix, Cleveland, and Boston all win last night. Tonight in the NBA, it's going to be that Lakers-Memphis series. Maybe John Morant gets to play the Miami-Milwaukee series. What about the Freak and Minnesota and Denver? We'll be getting into that throughout the show. But also, we're going to talk a little Longhorn football here. And, oh, here comes the warning text in all capital letters. Don't drink that orange Kool-Aid, Learn from the past, y'all. L-O-L. No, we'll set that aside for a second. We're going to drink a little bit of this Kool-Aid. Let Longhorn fans enjoy it. Zay says he's already sipping on that Kool-Aid a little bit. No, I'm
1: sipping on the Tang. See, don't don't mix my words. I'm on the Tang. You're on the Tang. I'm I'm on the Tang with the
0: monkeys. Well, we'll see if this is Tang or Kool-Aid for you. The Football Power Index and the All-State Playoff Predictor have now come out for 2022 and they are picking, oh, Lord, this is not going to be good because it will upset both Nick and Kirby. The Buckeyes have the best chance, supposedly, a 37% chance to win the title. That's ahead of Alabama at 20% and Georgia at 19 Obviously, well, I guess the models factor in the idea that they'll have to you know, beat each other up a little bit in the SEC. But Zay, folks around here might be interested in knowing that when you look at the top teams in the FPI, you got Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, LSU, and then uh oh, oh, number five is Texas. And then if you go to another part of the rating, they give you a best chance to win the national championship. Ohio State, we just mentioned it, 37%, Bama 20%, Georgia's 19 and then it falls off a pretty big cliff, down to 6%. But that's Texas. They're saying fourth best chance to win it all is Texas in 2023. Oh, I mean,
1: with what you saw on Saturday in the spring game, with what you know these recruiting classes have been like with Steve Sarkeesian's two years, now year three coming into play, and the roster that they have now, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. With Steve Sarkeesian's record here and previous records at Washington and USC, not so much. And just kind of the lapses that we saw last year Mm -hmm. in the second half, losing to Oklahoma State when you're up by two touchdowns and Quinn Ewers 30 incompletions and just the bad, mediocre play calling, especially in the second half of games. Those things can't happen, and that makes you – scratch your head to why this team is sitting at five, but do you have confidence in Jalen Milrow if you're an Alabama fan? I don't know. Do you have confidence in Kyle McCord trying to take the place of replace C.J. Stroud at Ohio State Mm when they got number one? Ah!
0: Georgia's replacing their guy too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But those schools are probably looking at us like, do you have confidence in Quinn yours or what you saw this past year? I don't know there. So a lot of question marks in college football this year. I don't like it that much. I want to go under the radar, but this is the University of Texas. you got to understand. You should be there. And you need to embrace it. And I get Longhorn fans with what we've seen this last decade from Charlie Strong era, in the Mac era, Charlie Strong era, then Tom Herman, now the first few years, in Steve Sarkeesian. I get it. This makes you uh, not feel too good. But also, with what they have there at the 40 Acres mm-hmm. as of now, and like we've been saying, like I've been saying, with this roster bringing back 10 players on the offensive side, you should be able to get where you want to be, and that's win a Big 12 championship. So having rankings like this, having you at top five, That shouldn't be a shocker, but I I get Longhorn fans getting a little antsy seeing this.
0: So, Longhorn fans, here's some of the reasoning that they're using with FPI. Again, number five in the ranking, number four in terms of chance to win the national title. They point out FPI was bullish on the Longhorn starting last year, a number seven ranking, finished with a number seven ranking as well. Uh, They give them a, obviously, you know, they say, 34% chance to reach the playoff. First top five preseason FPI ranking since 2012 just to give you a little perspective there. Strong talent based on the recruiting grades, both sides of the ball. We obviously know that. Uh, And then despite losing B. John Robinson, Longhorns returned quite a bit of production, led by Xavier Worthy. Uh, They talk about Quinn Ewers. They talk about Arch and Malik Murphy, the great quarterback room, uh, says Quinn didn't have a great season last year, 65.6 QBR, which ranked 50th, but he does have a year of experience. And as we saw, a good situation around a quarterback can yield a high FPI. Here comes the conference part, Zay. It says, they also benefit from their conference. There are fewer tough foes and no divisions in the Big 12, and that leads to a more straightforward path to a conference title than they'll have in the SEC next season. This is the kind of number that starts to get a little weird in your head, but it says Texas' 54% chance to win the Big 12 is higher than Georgia's chance to win the SEC, 49 or Alabama's chance, 41%. That doesn't mean Texas has an easy schedule. With a road game at Alabama on the slate, the Longhorns have the toughest schedule of any of the FPI's top 10 teams. So there's kind of a little bit on both sides, but um, you mentioned it, Zay, and I think we hear this from sometimes Longhorn fans going into it. They'd rather get to prove it on the field, chill out under the radar a little bit, but it just feels like the brand never allows it. The, the big branding just somehow does not allow it. This version of the Big 12, I guess, doesn't allow it. So you're not going to be able to chill under the radar. You're going to come in with expectation. I mean, heck, your third-string quarterback is going to get you attention yeah. this year. Yep. So that's the part that they're going to have to kind of lean into. So Longhorn fans, you can let us know how much Kool-Aid you're ordering right now, how much are you drinking, or are you with Zay? You're just kind of sipping on that uh, astronaut tang. There we go, Get, getting that done. Did you do the tang. That yeah, tastes
1: good too, man. Don't don't trip on tang. Y'all be sleeping on tang. Oh, I gr- it tastes good.
0: I grew up on tang. Did you do tang with ice or without? It depends. Because if it's cold enough, I like it straight. Yeah, if it's cold enough, I'm yeah. good. Yeah, we grew up on. I grew up on tang and powdered milk. Oh wow, powdered Ooh. milk. That's
1: seriously country. My
0: parents were seriously cheap for a
1: while. <laughs> I'm like damn. Yo, you know, looking at Texas schedule for this upcoming season. Look at the quarterbacks you're going to have to face. You're going to have to face Jalen Daniels. He's coming back for Kansas. You're going to have to face Will Howard. But besides that, I still don't believe in Jalen Milrow. I know there's so much talent around Alabama. A lot of the time it doesn't matter. But Bryce Young, you see why teams are fighting over to get him. Mm -hmm. He covered up a lot of weaknesses that they had offensively last year that I don't think Jalen Milrow will be able to overcome. And when you go to Bama early in September, I like the horns in that game. As of right now, I really Really? do.
0: I really do. Hell yeah. To go to T-Town and get get the win?
1: Yes. Okay. But the the roster's there. The roster should match Mm -hmm. up fine. It all just depends on Sark versus Nick. Yeah. And what's going to happen there. Because we know, if you look at the records, it ain't even close. But... Like we've been saying, sometimes the talent, it just doesn't matter what you throw out there. The talent's going to overcome. Right. And hopefully we're at that point. When you play against teams like that, coaching's got to be serious, especially those second-half issues. Like, I'll be looking at that so quick the first part of the year in September. Because that just, that can't happen again.
0: Yeah, and obviously when you talk about the talent, the overall talent of these three teams is why the FPI loves them so much. I think the easiest way to say it is the FPI loves Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia. They like other teams, and Texas is at the head of that group. The ones they like. But when you're talking about a 6% chance to win a national championship based on the numbers they're crunching, I wouldn't call that a heavy level of expectations. By the way, that group is Texas, then it goes LSU-Michigan, Clemson-USC, Notre Dame-Penn State. Those are the rest of the top 10 in terms of chances to win a national Championship, So that just tells you the programs that uh, that those three big-time coaches have built at Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia, that they all are returning. Excuse me. They all are losing their starting quarterbacks, and they're still the clear favorites to not only get to the playoff but win it all. Yeah. It tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, and that's scary, but that's why you should be there too.
0: Well, and and obviously, like you're saying, you get the opportunity in week two to play one of the big dogs. You get to go to the biggest of big dogs, and you know deep down you were right there with them last year. We you could, were right there. We could talk about one play swinging. There aren't many fan bases that get to talk about one play or two plays that if you swing them the other way, you beat Bama. There just aren't a lot of fan bases that get to say that.
1: With your backup. Yes. You would beat them with your backup who wasn't 100% yeah. during the course of that game.
0: That's fair. That's absolutely Hobbling around
1: fair. on that foot and stuff.
0: So on that side of things, if you want to drink the Kool-Aid, Longhorn fans, you go ahead and start drinking. But I know there's some Longhorn fans out there this week thinking, oh, good Lord, will somebody just calm down and get us under the radar and get it back to reality? Why don't we do that next? Coming up in the crap bag, I will give you some truth, Longhorn fans, if that's what you're looking for. We'll just throw this out and keep it off to the side for the 2023 season. We'll hit some numbers that have to change. This is The Horn.
1: I didn't say.
0: Man, it's just uh, one of those embarrassing things. You can't recognize Joe Walsh, but you know new kids on the block. (laughs) I mean, sometimes that happens. It's like that seen in Friends about Rachel says her favorite movie is Dangerous Liaisons, but her actual favorite movie is Weekend at Bernie's. Sometimes it happens that way. New kids on the block with the right stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Wahlberg and the crew. I think one of my wife's friends just went and saw a little NKOTB reunion style. Wow. They're still out there dancing around. Wahlberg and everything? Singing it. The whole crew? Um... I'm assuming Donnie's still with him.
1: I, guess. I mean, I feel like he has a lot going on. So He
0: does have some things going on, but I guess he makes time for it. NKOTB along with Joe Walsh. I love that years later they went with NKOTB. Nobody called them that at the beginning, but when they try to do that little comeback and seem a little tougher – they yeah, thought, they're not kids no more. Yeah, they thought the acronym would help them. Yeah. N-K-O-T-B. Yes, yeah, kind of hard to call them New Kids on the Block when you're damn near 50 years old. I didn't know who they were when I saw N-K-O-T-B. Like, who's that? new band yeah. is that? Uh, they weren't new. All right, uh, they were just the New Kids on the Block from way, way back. So uh, a little N-K-O-T-B, some Joe Walsh today. Tomorrow at 2. Remember, we'll hit the album swap discussion with Little Wayne and Living Color. We're going to take a break from the album swap next week because we got the draft coming up on Thursday. We're going to be previewing a lot, obviously. We'll get uh, some review of the Texas spring game coming up at 1 and 2 today. Justin Wells of Inside Texas at 1. Uh, Chip Brown of Horns247.com at 2.05. Also in that 2 o'clock hour, we'll ask Chip specifically about Trill Carter. He wrote an article about Trill this week. The uh, transfer that Texas is getting from Minnesota. So we'll see what Chip's been able to find out about him. And obviously, we'll direct you to that stuff at Horns247.com. All right, we're getting some texts in reacting to the FBI discussion. Let's do that. And we'll get you some truth in the crap bag. Here we go. Chad's crap bag.
1: Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap.
0: Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Somebody texted us, drinking the orange tank up here in Bixby, Oklahoma. Hook them. Zay, you know. I don't know if they meant to type tank or tang.
1: Yeah, I, I get you. You say tang. I Tan- got it. Tank, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This
0: says, don't say it, Zay. Keep drinking the tang until proven otherwise. <laughs> this says, they better win the Big 12. That puts you in the playoff. At least uh, the least likely to win the big championship is fair. Uh, somebody said tang and liquid milk is an incredible combination. That's Gross. Uh, FPI ranking, I roll year number 10. And then it says Coach Steven has recruited well. The product on the field is what counts, mediocre till proven otherwise. I'm with Zay. So I know there's a lot of Texas fans that'll swing back and forth on these things, especially this time of year. Is this the time of the year when you want that Kool Aid, or is this the time of the year where you're looking more for the reality? I know there's fans kind of on both sides, but I heard the other the, a couple mornings ago there were folks getting a little nervous on B&E, and it was like, come on, guys. It just feels like you're just blowing way too much smoke here. It feels like you're getting a little too excited. Let's just make sure we understand one of the main things that has to change and that is kind of hanging over this team. When you start to feel like it's a little too much for you, Longhorn fans, say three words to yourself. One, score, games. Because that's what I'm watching when it comes to Steve Sarkeesian. In the last two years, this is not USC. This is not Washington. This is not... The older, you know, the, old, the the version of him back in the day that might have had some other stuff going on. No, this is last two years, just at Texas. Steve Sarkeesian is three and six in true road games, and he is four and ten in one score games. Let that one sink in for a second. I'm a big believer in the best way to predict future events is past events. That's just the best way to do it for me sometimes. Until you prove it otherwise, I got to go with that. Four and ten is that number. And if you want to break it down even further, one score games on the road, that one's got to change too. He's two and four in those games. Two and four. That is not how you win the Big 12. I understand everybody's talking about the Big 12 and Jerry World and all this stuff, but that to me... Is the thing that has to change the most. He has not been good on the road. He has not been good in one score games. And when you combine them, it is just not good. The now the mark that you're looking for, let me just give you the big dogs. Nick Saban, last two years, on the road, six and three, one score games, seven and three. Dabo, eight and three, seven and three on the road. That's what the big dogs are doing. And Sarks at four and ten. So work those averages. That means this next year the numbers say you're going to be in seven one-score games and you're going to win two of them. That's what the numbers say. Again, the truth is somewhere between what I just said and the FPI. So the truth and the football are actually between those two things because really these numbers, we know, they don't matter. They don't actually determine what happens in 2023. It's just what Sark has done so far. That's what I'd be concerned about if I'm a Texas fan. Now you might ask why I broke. You might you might think I might have broken these numbers down to hit you with some kind of big, you know, right cross Jimbo Fisher Aggie number. Nope, because if you're one of my Aggie brothers and sisters, they get this number. Jimbo's four and seven in one score games. Wow, last two years, again, last two seasons, four and seven on the road, true road games, Jimbo. 1-6, and six. and when he goes on the road and it's a one-score game, 0-4. Oh Yikes. So Longhorn fans, Aggie fans, I've been saying it for a while and I'm going to keep saying it. Y'all go ahead and scream and yell at each other, but you better be screaming at the mirror too because you're, you're as much the problem as anything that that they're dealing with. The two schools can historically never be good at the same time. They're about to be put back together by the SEC monster, and I frankly don't know if either one of them's ready. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if either one of them's really ready because you both have a coach that feels like he could be the right idea, but neither of them has been yet. Neither of them has been exactly what you're looking for, and to me, I'm watching those stats for both. Start winning games away from Kyle Field and DKR, and please find ways to win games that end with an eight-point margin or less because that's how you become great.
1: Yeah, and I know Longhorn fans are probably thinking, hey, we don't even need to be in one-score games. We need to be blowing teams out by two scores, three scores, et cetera. I agree. Because we got the roster to do that. That's when you came in. I don't hear that all gas, no brakes as much as I used to.
0: You notice yes, that? I, you remember we used to hear that all right. the time when he first came in? We don't hear that no more. I get that theory, Zay. I'm just pointing out, in the last two years, Saban's been in 10 one-score games and Dabo's been in 11. So you can – and I agree with you. You don't want a ton of them, and Sark's been in a few more, but you want it, you'd like for that number to be lower – I agree, but you also have to win those games. Yeah. So just realize these big dogs here—they're going ten and eleven games. By the way, let me just give a quick credit to the dudes in purple: Gary Patterson and Sonny Dykes combined the last two years. They've gone nine and three at TCU in one-score games, and when they go on the road and it's one score, four and zero. Oh. See, that's that's a joke. Wow, that's TCU. So again, for you Longhorn and Aggie fans, you want to look somewhere in the state for a problem. It's wearing purple right now. We, I mean, my God, they just went to the national title game.
1: So the Dabo thing and Nick Saban, for Nick Saban, you're going to play the best teams. You're being, being in the SEC and always get into the college football playoffs. I could see them being in those one-score games a little bit more. Mm-hmm. For Dabo – Mm, he had DJU that he had to deal with. DJU yeah. transferred for a reason. It didn't work. That's why Kay Cumnick is going to be taking the snaps next season. That's so true. That was an issue but even in his own all, right. Even with all that, he went 8
0: and 3 in those games. Yeah. So he got himself into something. Go look at that schedule where you're like NC State and yeah, Syracuse like and stuff it's, like that. But he won 8 out of 11. He won those games. That's a critical, critical thing that the, uh, the two coaches in this region, the house-divided coaches, they aren't doing. Man, I love the atmosphere at DKR and Kyle Field, but the key is going to be figuring out the other stuff. What do you do when you go on true road games? Aggies will already tell you those true road games at the SEC can get pretty hairy. Longhorns are going to find that out. They know it's coming. Got it. That part of it's got to change.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. All right, so there you go. We got you some Kool-Aid and we got you some truth this hour. Longhorn fans, you take as much of either or both as you like. Up next, we'll see what Justin Wells has got. Is he going Kool-Aid or is he going truth or a little of both about the spring game? We'll get his thoughts on it. Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming right up on the Horn.